This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for July 18th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. The OTS Beer Gardens rock and roll, man. Rocking and rolling. I can't say the same for Monday night's bore. This show sucks, man. I know a lot of you, I even was tuning in and out of the home run derby just because I wanted to see what uh, Ronald Acuna was going to do being the uh, sole Braves representative in the home run derby. Uh, Ronald Acuna is not built for the home run derby. He's not built for the home run derby. Fantastic player. One of the best players in the league. But he's not built for the home run derby. Okay, he went up against Pete Alonzo of the uh, New York Mets. Uh, he almost got it done, but not quite. But I don't think that that is the proper representative for the Atlanta Braves, man. I honestly think, and I do believe Austin Riley got chosen for the home run derby, or the all-star game, rather, not for the home run derby. Austin Riley was chosen for the all-star game, and uh, he did not want to, uh, I guess, participate in the home run derby, he's more built for something like that. So I was tuning back and forth just to see what was going on out of sheer curiosity. Man, this show was, from top to bottom, boring. I don't think anything really happened on this show that I can honestly say that I was excited about. Seriously. SummerSlam build is so fucking pathetic. Tonight was supposed to be TV 14. Tonight was supposed to be TV 14, as reported by Andrew Zarian, then... Somebody in WWE got their panties in a bunch, and USA Network got really upset. The left hand didn't know what the right hand and vice versa was doing, and they scrapped the entire thing for now for TV 14. But WWE tonight, man, they got bigger problems than presenting TV 14. 
I don't know if you feel it, and this is the same thing that I talk about almost every single week and leading into all these pay-per-views. WWE puts absolutely no effort into building their pay-per-views, none. They just accept it that you're going to watch no matter what because it's WrestleMania and it's Royal Rumble and it's SummerSlam. And they put no effort into it. Just a horrible fucking build. Not one single podcaster in this community, not one has mentioned that SummerSlam is looking exactly like WrestleMania. Except SummerSlam is not two nights like WrestleMania has been. Not one. Every single aspect of this show is basically WrestleMania. That's how lazy WWE has gotten. No effort. Every single thing that you saw at WrestleMania, 90% of SummerSlam is WrestleMania rematches. I might as well just coin this the official night three of WrestleMania. It's just disguised as SummerSlam. Nothing on this show piqued any interest at all. Edge reportedly is coming back next week at Madison Square Garden. We got another new vignette on him. Nobody knows what type of character change he's going to be undertaking. Austin Theory continues to lose matches. He's, how, 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 what, what is his record coming out of Money in the Bank? He's got like 0-4, right? He's lost every fucking match coming out of Money in the Bank since winning that briefcase. And this is exactly what I talked about. Vince McMahon does not give a shit if you're holding the briefcase. He thinks you are able to afford a loss. It's sad. Logan Paul and The Miz main evented this show with The Miz TV segments. The women barely got any time in that six-man tag. It turned into a 24-7 circus. Bianca Belair again for third week in a row against Carmella. Another Judgment Day Mysterio segment. Another Seth Rollins and Ezekiel match. The fuck did we watch? Basically, zero effort. WWE themselves think that giving you rematches is progressive storytelling. All it is is showing how fucking lazy they really are. And the lack of build towards something like SummerSlam, man. WWE, honestly... I don't know how anybody supports this fucking dump. I really don't. WWE taking their fans for fucking granted because they're a bunch of simple-minded imbeciles. Nobody realizes what's going on right in front of them. WWE knows that their fans are blithering fucking idiots. Nobody questions anything. SummerSlam should be heralded as the second biggest pay-per-view of the entire year. And they build it and they book it as if it doesn't fucking matter because it's SummerSlam. That's fucking sad. WWE taking their fans for granted is a... It's a tired and old fucking mentality. I'm sick and tired of it, to be quite honest with you. All because it's on Peacock for $4.99 doesn't give you the fucking right to skimp on the goddamn pay-per-view build and give us fucking rematches every fucking week. But everybody wants to complain about what Tony Khan is doing on Wednesday night. How many fucking rematches do you see on Dynamite? I can't count any. Meanwhile, every fucking week, it's another rematch. Show's a fucking embarrassment. This show on a normal week is fucking terrible. Tonight was horrendous. Horrendous. I don't know how anybody stays awake during this shit. We're going to go over everything. That happened on this show tonight. 
including that very weird, that very weird, it's just pathetic how they sent Titus O'Neil out there. Seriously, they sent Titus O'Neil out there, and I don't know what to think of it. I really don't. I said what I said on social media tonight. A lot of you agreed with me. But we will go over exactly what Titus O'Neil did on Monday Night Raw. He was out there as an ambassador for WWE. I don't know why, but Vince McMahon sent him out there. And we'll go over what he did. Also, we'll talk about Austin Theory. We'll talk about Miz and Logan Paul. We'll talk about the women and that terrible 24-7 title segment. But thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, man. Should be an entertaining evening. Again, listen, man, I'm a huge Alter Bridge fan. Go check out that new song. Seriously, Pawns and Kings, absolutely epic. With this one song that they released today, it's the title track for the new album. Usually their title tracks are the most epic songs on the entire entire album. They blew away their last album with this song. Awesome. Mark Tremonti and Miles Kennedy did a fantastic job, and the production is top-notch, man. So go check that out. It's on YouTube right now. I was all over it today. Awesome, awesome stuff. What is also awesome is all the content that you might have missed on the channel, man. Go check it out. It's on the homepage right now. If you guys missed last night's epic stream, we were almost live for three hours last night with episode 436. Go check that out. We were live on Friday for SmackDown. Go check that out. Wednesday for Dynamite. Tuesday for NXT. And Monday for Raw, man. All the in-betweens as well. All the extras as well. Go check all that stuff out all on the homepage. I will not be live tomorrow night. I will not be live tomorrow night with NXT, so you might as well go watch Issa. Go watch Issa cover NXT on Tuesday nights, man. I will not be uh, live for NXT. I will be indulging in the finest whiskeys down in Atlantic City with my very, very, very good friend, Sean. So go check her out. I will not be live. I will be back the following Tuesday to get you guys caught up to speed on NXT. So the next time you'll see me live is on Wednesday with Jesse during AEW Dynamite and the post show right here on OTS. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. We just fulfilled yet another Cameo today. Thank you guys very much for all your support on Cameo. TikTok, it's crazy over there, man. It's crazy over there. My last video did almost over 12,000 views, 12,000 plays. Almost a thousand likes with a lot of comments in the comment section of that video. Why are you mad, bro? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you're not caught up to speed on what we do here. We're not mad. We're just truthful. So go follow me on TikTok as well. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. I see 2,100 people in the beer garden, but only 500 likes, and that is unacceptable. I need a thousand minimum tonight on OTS. Super Chats are open. You're going to get them on in. You're going to sit there with your cold beverages. We're going to hang out with some good tunes after the show is over. Also, make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a VIP. Some great perks coming to the VIP section, man. Two things I'm changing about the VIP section. Number one. Number one. Being that we now are doing OTS live on Sunday nights, OTS Sunday night will be for VIPs only. So you guys want to get in on the fun, you're going to have to subscribe and hit that join button. Number one. Number two, we're going to be doing a VIP hangout 
on YouTube right before SummerSlam. I don't know when. It may be Thursday. It may be Friday. I don't know. It may be Thursday night. It may be Thursday night. So I'll let you guys know. Uh, but the uh, week of SummerSlam, I might be doing a VIP hangout, man. I'll be drinking old-fashioned legitimately. Not the virtual one that you see on my uh, my bar top here. But legitimately, we'll be hanging out. So I will keep you guys notified of that. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. You guys are going to get your free sample, man. The summer's heating up, so why not give Blue True a Blue True? Yes, Blue True, yes. It's definitely going to be Blue True. BlueChew.com. Make sure you guys use that code JD at checkout. We'll talk about my great friends over at Blue Chew a little bit later on in the show. Let's start at the top, man. Monday Night Raw started with Titus O'Neil. By the way, guys, how is the microphone? Uh, I switched microphones today. Uh, I have, uh, I-, I didn't retire my microphone. I just gave it a rest. I'm going to be using something uh, different on a weekly basis here. My Earthworks ethos is in the corner. It is uh, resting because it's been working overdrive. So I'm using my Shure SM7B. How does it sound? Let me know how it sounds. Uh, I think I sound great, so let me know what you guys think about that. Moving on. Moving on. Just so that you guys uh, are uh, possibly wandering. Oh, JJ, do you sound different tonight? Yes, I'm using a different microphone. Okay, good. Uh, Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil started the show, and he was in the middle of the ring. Very, very weird. Very, very, very weird way to start Monday Night Raw. He was in the middle of the ring, and he said when he became a tag team champion... And Warrior Award recipient, he felt he reached the pinnacle of his success. Then he became a WWE Global Ambassador. So I thought he was going to say, I became a a finely tuned chef and I have led the catering department to heights not seen before ever in WWE history. I just made tonight a lobster bisque. I am famous for my lobster bisque. And I made some homemade cornbread, and it's fucking delicious. That's what I thought he was going to say. That's what I thought he was going to say. But he says he's a WWE global ambassador. So he said everyone in the WWE does what he can, or does what they can, to put smiles on everybody's faces, him included, inside and outside of the ring. He said they help the less fortunate and support servicemen all over the globe. We got a USA chance starting up in Tampa, Florida, where the show was tonight. He said they also support causes that promote family, health, and community that brings people together to do good. He said that's why they never talk about politics or religion or other topics that are divisive. So, uh... They don't want to talk about topics that are divisive but or divisive, but WWE has no problem going to Saudi Arabia and taking their money and going into a country that is notorious for what they are notor- notorious for. And they have no problem going over there when everybody wants to cry about why they're affiliating themselves with that. That's swept under the rug, though. Nobody cares about that whatsoever, right? Just throwing that out there. So... He goes on and he says, regardless of race, nationality, or economic status, this is a safe haven. WWE wants to simply make sure 
We all have a good time. Of course, of course, WWE wants you to have a good time. Vince McMahon wants you to have a good time. And then he'll shut you up with a $3 million hush money payment. That's exactly what we're about to do here tonight. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to snide Titus O'Neil. I'm not here to blast Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil is nothing more than a fucking puppet. Titus O'Neil, I heard from people. He might be running for government down in Florida. He might be running for some political office in Tampa, Florida. He is home in Tampa, Florida. That's where he lives and resides. Titus O'Neil is a fucking puppet. This was done because of what we talked about on last night's show. I covered this on episode 436. And Vince McMahon is set to have more damning news, more leaks, more allegations released this week. WWE sent the fucking face of the company as far as public relations is concerned. They sent him out there because how the fuck can you hate on Titus O'Neil, right? WWE sent their nicest guy, their fucking brand ambassador out there to shill this statement because Vince McMahon has more leaks coming this week and they want you to be assured that WWE is all about wanting you to have a good time. They don't want you to talk about politics or religion or any other topic that Vince McMahon has gotten himself into. They want to sway you away from the bad reputation that Vince McMahon has now developed in the public eye. That's why Titus O'Neil was sent out there. Do not fall for their scam. This is all bullshit. This itself, I find it fucking funny how they sent Titus O'Neil out there not wanting to talk about political agendas and things that are fucking divisive amongst the goddamn community. Meanwhile, he's out there shilling for the WWE to sway you away from political bullshit. Don't bother with this nonsense. This was a crock of fucking bullshit. I don't give a fuck what you tell me. I can't wait for Vince McMahon to burn. Seriously. I will be here. I swear to fucking God, man. I want you guys to show up. When I, no, Listen, I would be the first to say Vince ain't going anywhere. But if he does, if he does, man, I swear to God, I'm getting balloons. I'm getting fucking champagne. We're popping the fucking bottle in the beer garden. We are going to fucking celebrate and dance on this man's grave until the end of time. I can't wait. I can't wait. There is a chance. That this man is removed. This is bullshit. Don't fall for this shit at all. It's a bunch of political bullshit. Moving on. We move on from the bullshit that was Titus O'Neil to Becky Lynch. We got Becky Lynch out there. She got a promo. She talked about the little engine that could. The little engine that could. <laughs> With Talking about the little engine that could. Oh, Bruce. 
Bruce, is that what the ladies call you in the sack, Bruce? The little engine that could. Puff, 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 and you run out of fucking energy, bro. Seriously, choo-choo, right? He said her journey has been very similar. She said she has no little blue choo-choo, but rather she is called the Beck Express. My name is the Beck Express, a steely ginger locomotive. (laughs) She said when she becomes unhinged, she cannot be stopped. She said that's why Asuka tried to derail her and she didn't become a complaint train, but rather she rolled over her. She said she stops for no one Everyone stops for her. She said every train has stops, and she has stopped at Legendary Road, History Maker Grove, and Breaking Barrier Bend. Who the fuck wrote this shit? This shit sucks. My God, man. Reading back my notes. I don't believe what the fuck I put in here. Who wrote this shit? Legendary Road, History Maker Grove, and Breaking Barrier Bend. She then invited everyone to get off at Appreciation Station when she regains her title. Then she says she's been informed by officials that the winner of the Belair and Carmella match will have to face her at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. God, Becky Lynch is fu- she's a terrible promo man. I don't know. I don't know how you guys stand for Becky Lynch, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Bianca Belair then danced out her way to the ring. And she was wearing uh, short shorts, man. She was wearing shorter uh, bottoms than she usually wears. She's wearing the shorts tonight, and normally she's in uh, long-legged pants. I guess TV 14 was kind of in effect tonight, being that Carmella talked about she has a nice ass, and Bianca Belair came out basically bare-assed on Monday Night Raw. So I don't know, maybe TV 14 was in effect tonight. Not that I'm complaining, but uh, I I just found it to be a coincidence following the news from Andrew Zarian this week. She said she can't even sit on the sidelines and let her be great. She had to interfere and cost her the match last week by countout. No, Bianca, honey, listen, you counted yourself out and you cost yourself the match. It was not Becky Lynch because you claim to be the EST, but last week you were definitely the EST. You were the stupid-est because I don't see how... You were outside with Becky Lynch, and the referee legitimately was like three feet behind you, above you, counting, and you couldn't hear him count. You didn't know to get back into the ring. I don't blame this on fucking Gollum here. I blame it on you. The stupid-ass Bianca Belair. So she said, this isn't the Becky Lynch WrestleMania comeback story. Becky Lynch said, yes, it is. Belair said, this is her comeback story for last year's SummerSlam. She said losing the title to her in 26 seconds was one of the lowest points of her career. It still is. It will forever be the lowest point of her career. She's never going to get over that, no matter what. So she claims that it was the lowest point of her career. She said a whole year later, well, kind of, almost, almost there. She said she's holding that belt again. She said her comeback story at SummerSlam is to kick that little caboose Right back to Ireland. Who the fuck uses the word caboose? Who writes this shit? My God. Maybe we should go back to TV 14. Caboose. 
I never used that word ever in my entire life outside of the two times I just mentioned it here. Carmella then comes out and she told Bella she's making a big mistake overlooking her. Well, honey, listen, I, I, I don't think that's the case. You're only here as a fill-in to get Bianca and Becky to SummerSlam. She said she's a badass with a great ass. Oh, my goodness, man. TV 14. Ooh, oh, my God. Right? Everybody wants to go TV 14. Carmella then got in the ring and accused Belair of taking a shortcut last week because she knew she was outmatched against her. She told Belair that if she gets counted out again, she'll be the Raw champion by the end of the night. So Belair interrupted and said, Oh, girl, eh-eh. She went into her EST vibe, and she went about calling Becky and Carmella about attacking her, and that's exactly what they did. Belair tried to uh, fight free of both Becky and Carmella, but Becky gave her a manhandle slam, and she started this Raw Women's Championship match off on the wrong foot. So uh, we got a match here for the Raw Women's Championship again by the way. Uh, this is a fresh match. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys uh, are watching Monday Night Raw on the weekly, but this is a brand new, fresh match. We've I mean, never seen it before. Never seen it before. But in all honesty, we've seen this match about three or four different times in the last fucking month, and now tonight it's different than the rest, because if Bianca Belair loses by countout, uh, pinfall, or submission, she loses the championship. Great way to tell the fans that Bianca Belair is not losing the Raw Women's Championship before SummerSlam and Becky Lynch. So Carmella tried to win by countout a few times here, which is obviously the smart tactic if you are Carmella. First by driving Belair into the ring post and then throwing her into the timekeeper's area. Carmella dropped Belair on the steel steps, but she got back in on an eight count. So we go to commercial break, and we come back. Belair was fighting back. She had a standing moonsault for a two count. Carmella came right back with a super kick. Belair caught Carmella with a high cross body attempt. Transitioned that into a vertical suplex in a very nice spot. Carmella followed with a face buster for a two count of her own. Carmella then slapped Belair in the face. So Belair just grabbed her and hit the KOD for the one, two, three. It's almost as if nothing in the match really mattered. Slap in the face, KOD, one, two, three. Bianca Belair retains the Raw Women's Championship, as we all know she was going to do anyway. So Becky Lynch grabbed the title and dropped it at Belair's feet before leaving the ring. And uh, there was obvious fake piped-in booing for Becky Lynch dropping the title. Imagine being live. Imagine being live in Tampa, Florida, and WWE is still having to pipe in fake crowd noise for Becky Lynch, man. Could not be me. Could not be me. You don't see AEW piping in live crowd noise on Dynamite. But here we are on Monday Night Raw. WWE piping in fake crowd noise for Becky Lynch. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we got a WrestleMania rematch at WrestleMania 30... Uh, what, what were we, 39? WrestleMania 38? Next year's 39. WrestleMania 38, night three. Another rematch. Another rematch for WrestleMania... Night three, a.k.a. SummerSlam, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. So great of WWE to give us fresh new content, some new talent being built up for Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw. The Raw Women's Championship is in fucking shambles. 
fucking shambles. Everybody feels the same. Look at the division. You got nobody that stands out but Becky Lynch. Where the fuck is Bailey? I can't wait for Bailey to come back, but Bailey's not going to save this shit. Bailey is just going to be a band-aid on top of a fucking shotgun blast. This division sucks. Even Asuka has fallen so far down the fucking tube that she cannot be saved anymore, man. They got her dancing out there like a fucking geek. A fucking geek. They got her twirling her hips with Alexa Bliss after the 24-7 title segment. Alexa Bliss has been fucking god-awful since coming back as a babyface. You got Nikki... What's her name? Nikki Nikki Trash, right? T-R-A-S-H. You got Nikki Trash. You got Drop, right? You got Dana Brooke. You got Tamina. This division sucks. This is all we got. Zero, zero, zero effort by WWE to build an attractive and competitive women's division. This is what we're left with. So glad for WWE to experiment going into SummerSlam. They got to do Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair again. Again, how many other podcasters are calling this shit out? WrestleMania night three, officially. It's bullshit. Sarah Schreiber. She's backstage with the Street Profits. So the Street Profits were being interviewed about Jeff Jarrett being the special guest referee. I'm not sure if you guys were watching this afternoon. Ric Flair and his final match was announced. And they uploaded an eight-minute vignette or promo package, whatever the fuck it was. A nice little story to sell the match. And Ric Flair was beaten down by Jeff Jarrett on this video. And he was also beaten down by Jay Lethal, AEW and Ring of Honor star Jay Lethal. And they left him a bloody mess in the parking lot. And I'm actually pretty fucking excited for this, man. I I didn't think it was going to be all that fucking great. To be quiet, I might actually buy this shit. Because, A, it's his last match. I'm fucking curious to see what's going on. And they added Andrade to the main event. So it's Ric Flair and Andrade, his son-in-law, against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Pretty fucking decent, man. And yes, Ric Flair bladed. Ric Flair bladed before the fucking match to sell this match in this vignette that that they filmed. He bled all over the place. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I hope uh, I hope it's a success. I really do. Conrad and Starcast are really putting a lot of effort into this, and it's really shaping up to be quite the show, man. You got uh, a lot of Impact stars on this show. You got some MLW stars on this show. I may actually order the fucking thing, to be quite honest with you. I may even go live after it's over. So we'll see what's going on, man. SummerSlam weekend shaping up to be pretty decent. Not SummerSlam, but everything else around SummerSlam is shaping up to be pretty decent. So they were talking about uh, Double J, J E, Double F, you guys know. And said, Slap Nuts is going to be the special guest referee. Montez Ford said they'll be walking out of Cashville as the new undisputed tag team champions. They were yelling their catch line, they want the smoke, and in comes MVP and. <laughs> <laughs> There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. 
When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> you guys wanted a sound effect for Omos. I, I delivered. Okay. There you go. Omos and MVP walk in. MVP says they should be glad Omos wasn't announced as a special guest referee. He reminded Dawkins that Omos destroyed him last week. Dawkins told MVP that they'd love to face them in a match. MVP says, listen, I'm not prepared to wrestle, but I'll pitch a one-on-one match to Pierce because you want that smoke. Omos, man. Jesus fucking Christ. How long before Omos gets his pink slip, really? I mean, does he add any value to the fucking show? Seriously. And why are we asking MVP to wrestle? Why does MVP need to wrestle on Monday night, man? You don't have any other fucking wrestlers on the roster to fill in to wrestle, but you're going to go to MVP? Kevin Owens is back. Kevin Owens is back. Owens introduced the KO show. Yeah, let's bring Kevin Owens back, man. We got nothing for him. We'll just give him a KO show. Owens introduced Matt Riddle. Riddle came out on his scooter. He got in the ring and he told KO, he said, KO promised him a Mountain Dew Baja Blast. KO denied any knowledge of such a promise. He says he hasn't been around lately, and maybe Riddle didn't notice because he's in his own little world. Said he had to step away because he almost drove himself crazy trying to prove that Ezekiel and Elias are the same person. Don't worry, KO. You're not going crazy. We here on OTS believe you. He said he noticed when watching Raw while he was away how cool and calm Riddle is. He says he went on a nature retreat to find some peace and clear his head. K.O. said he realized he needs to be more like Riddle. K.O. says he wishes Ezekiel and Elias and Elrod the best, and he doesn't care anymore. He said he actually doesn't wish them well, but he's moving on. Thank God. Thank Christ we're moving on from this, man. He said Seth once pretended to be his best friend, but then he betrayed him while he was fighting his heart out for him. He said they share in common losing their best friend, Because Riddle lost Randy Orton as well. KO said everybody needs some backup. And he realized the answer is right in front of him. Owen said RK bro was good. But what about bro KO? I actually thought that was pretty ingenious of Kevin Owens. Man, I quite like the idea. Bro KO. But we've already been there, done that with Randy Orton, man. We don't need Kevin Owens in another tag team. If Kevin Owens is going to be in a tag team, it's going to be with Sami Zayn because the Usos are going to dump him 
and get rid of him and not have him as an honorary oos, and then Kevin Owens is going to come in and tell Sami Zayn, I told you so. I told you the fucking bloodline didn't give a shit about you. Now I'm going to help you get rid of them, and they should be the tag team champions. I still hope that's in the cards for WWE. The Usos beating the Street Profits at SummerSlam is the way to go. So, bro KO could be great. Quite ingenious by Kevin Owens, man. We love Kevin Owens. So, Riddle smiled and said, well, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. He said, KO is the biggest liar he knows. KO says he understands why he'd say that because of his past, but he turned over a new leaf. He said, no one can ever call him a liar again. He said, Riddle trusted Orton, the biggest snake in WWE history. Riddle says he doesn't like him talking about his best friend like that. He stood and said he's done talking and dropped the mic. So all of a sudden we hear Seth Rollins burn it down play and Riddle turned and Seth didn't come out. That's all we heard. We didn't hear the theme music. We just heard burn it down. Then the music started again. We heard burn it down again. And then the theme song kicked in and Seth attacked Riddle from behind and gave him a curb stomp. Graves said Rollins outsmarted Riddle once again. Riddle gave, uh, or Seth rather, gave Riddle another running stomp. And that was pretty much it. As Seth celebrated getting the one-up on Matt Riddle. Kevin Patrick then interviewed Seth Rollins. He said Riddle's stupidity is rapidly turning into arrogance. He said he thinks Orton really cared about him. And he turned down KO's offer to help him at SummerSlam. He said Riddle must think he can really beat him, which makes him really stupid. Ezekiel walked up to Seth, shoved him, and took him to task here for stomping Riddle. He pretty much got in his face and said, how could you do that to Matt Riddle, blah, blah, blah. Seth says he could stomp him and his brothers. Ezekiel told him not to talk about his family. Seth told him, stay out of my business. Ezekiel then said his business is about to Zeke up. Yeah, great. Another rematch. Another rematch that nobody gives a fuck about between Ezekiel and Seth Rollins. Great. Moving on to something that nobody gives a fuck about, man. The Judgment Day. The Judgment Day. Judgment Day still coming out to the other side by Alter Bridge. Clearly the best theme song at all, WWE. And clearly the only thing keeping me interested in Judgment Day, whenever I get to hear the sweet, melodious tones of Miles Kennedy singing on Monday Night Raw, it puts me into a state of, of glee. And then Judgment Day actually opens their fucking mouth, and then I become depressed and sad. Priest and Balor were in the middle of the ring. Priest addresses the fans and asks the fans to rise. I love the way he does that, man. I love the way he says that. Sounds like a fucking uh, heavy metal singer, man, getting ready to get the crowd to, to mosh from one side to the other. He said last week they chose not to injure Dominic because they believe he will make the right choice and join them. He said they think he will make the correct choice tonight. We know you're just waiting to drop your father, he said. Damian Priest and, uh, or Damian Priest said, uh, rather, Ray is trying to stifle his potential and slow his potential down. So we got uh, another clip of another veteran stifling their potential. And we got the footage of Priest, Balor, and Rhea Ripley turning on edge again. And WWE is in Madison Square Garden next week, so I'm assuming Edge will be back 
right before SummerSlam. Balor says he can watch that video over and over and over again. The Mysterio's music then interrupted Balor, and the Mysterio's walked out next. And we got yet another rematch. Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest. Now, Rey Mysterio wrestled Finn Balor last week, but I'm constituting this as a rematch because there really is no storyline progression. WWE thinks that cycling through the variety of matches between feuding entities is storyline progression. It, 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 it only exacerbates how lazy WWE really is. That's all I see from this. This is not creative whatsoever. So we got Rey Mysterio and Damian Priest here one-on-one. And Damian Priest defeats Rey Mysterio in about five minutes. Five minutes. Rey made a little bit of a comeback after Damian Priest was beating him down. Springboard crossbody only got a one count on Damian Priest. Rey followed with a tilt-to-world DDT. That got him a two count. He set up for the 619, but Balor jumped on the ring apron, so Dominic yanked him off. So Ray tried for the 619 again, but Priest dropped him with a thrust kick for a near fall. Ray finally hit a 619, went to the top rope, but Priest blocked a seated senton and hit a beautiful razor's edge for the 1-2-3. And that was pretty much it. After the match, Priest and Balor tried to set up Rey Mysterio for what I believe was a concerto. And this was not going to go for Rey Mysterio tonight. They were about to put the boots to him. So Priest put Rey's head on the chair and then told Dominic that he's joining Judgment Day tonight or we take his head off. So they used him, his father, as leverage. Balor stomped on Rey's chest twice. Dominic ran into the ring and told him to stop Stop! Stop! I'll join Judgment Day! Balor then pulled Dominic to his feet, and Priest insisted he repeat himself. Dominic said, fine, I'll join, I'll join. And then Priest got in Dominic's face and said, hey, Dom, it doesn't work that way. Balor then smashed Dominic in the back with the chair. He swung it at Ray, but Ray popped up and rolled out of the ring, and that was pretty much the end of the segment. I don't know what they're doing, man. If you guys are interested in Dominic Mysterio joining Judgment Day. Jesus fucking Christ. You guys are mediocre at best. Seriously. I don't know how anybody could give a shit about this. Dominic Mysterio in Judgment Day. Jesus Christ. You'd rather just, I'd rather just be foot, put to bed permanently than listen to fucking Dominic in Judgment Day. Seth Rollins. He made his way out. He had a one-on-one match with Ezekiel tonight. This wasn't bad. I just don't care. I don't care. This was a rematch from last week. Ezekiel did something to piss Rollins off, so Rollins started to get angry and pound away at him in the corner. Ezekiel tried mounting a comeback here, but Rollins tripped him on the top rope, hit a diving knee strike. Ezekiel did make a comeback, hitting a stinger splash, a nice-looking spine buster for two. Rollins responded with a thrust kick for two, Ezekiel counted a stomp into a cradle. They then exchanged cradles back and forth between uh, each other, and then Ezekiel hit a powerbomb for a two-count. Rollins tried for a springboard move, but Ezekiel caught him with a great-looking knee lift, a leaping knee strike. Ezekiel went to the top rope, but Rollins brought him down with a superplex into the Falcon Arrow for a near fall. Always a great-looking spot by Rollins. 
Ezekiel went for another cradle for a two count before Rollins followed with elbows and a curb stomp for the one, two, three. Decent match. Decent match. Nobody gives a shit about Ezekiel. Of course, Rollins was going to win because he's got a pay-per-view match coming up against Riddle. So Ezekiel doesn't factor into anything, so he's just there as a sacrificial lamb. A good match is a good match, but I don't care. I don't care. And it sucks when I say it's a good match and I don't care because I just genuinely don't care about the Ezekiel character. I I think it's fucking boring. I do. There's nothing about the character that I find interesting. It was interesting when Kevin Owens was a part of the act. When Kevin Owens was making some comedic fucking jokes about the entire gimmick and the character. And now that he doesn't have Kevin Owens, I don't see Ezekiel really factoring into anything. He's just boring. There's nothing there of interest coming off of Ezekiel. The Usos. They approached Omas and MVP in the back. Oh, great. More Omas. So they were in the back, and the Usos chatted with MVP and Omas. The Usos said they are going to watch Omas beat Angelo Dawkins up close and personal. Damian Priest was backstage with Finn Balor. They were cutting a promo backstage. Balor said, Dominic failed the test this week. Dominic failed the test. Priest says they knew what he was up to and saw right through him. He said Dominic should have shown he was with them by cracking Ray's skull with the chair. Priest said the Mysterios will fall and the Judgment Day will rise. I don't care, man. Seriously, I don't care. Put Dominic on NXT 2.0 and let him develop a fucking personality, please. That's the best role for him. Seriously. Dominic actually is holding his own father back. If anything, Ray should join Judgment Day just to get away from his shitty son. That's where Dominic should be, man. He needs to be in NXT. I've said this time and time and time again. Dominic feuding with Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma. That's what should be going on. But here we are on Monday Night Raw contemplating Dominic joining Judgment Day. Judgment Day is already dead. Don't make it worse. We got Omos versus Angelo Dawkins. Oh, great. Oh, great. Just exactly what I was hoping for, man. An Omos match on Monday night against Angelo Dawkins. Usos were at ringside. This went about two minutes. Nothing really happened here. Dawkins was doing his usual, but MVP tripped him up about a minute and a half into this thing, which led to a DQ. Another DQ ending on Monday Night Raw. Wow. Wow, man. How exciting. So then Adam Pearce comes out, and he says, listen, I heard you guys wanted to fight earlier in the evening, so I'm going to make that happen right now. And he makes a tag team match, with the Street Profits versus Omos and MVP, with MVP wrestling in his fucking suit. When you get, and I I mean this wholeheartedly, when you get a makeshift match done out of a singles match, when you get a tag team match made out of a singles match, right then and there, makeshift tag team match, And one of the guys is wrestling in non-wrestling attire. It could be a a track suit or a fucking street clothes or a a, a business suit. You know you're in for a shit Monday night. Literally no effort was put into this show. 
If you have MVP wrestling on Monday Night Raw in a fucking makeshift tag team match that is born out of a disqualification after 90 seconds, and you have him wrestle in a, in a business suit, you know there was no effort put into this show. Zero. Shreve Profits beat Omos and MVP via disqualification. So the singles match goes to a DQ. The tag team match goes to a DQ. And everybody is supposed to be excited about Monday Night Raw. Jimmy Uso immediately distracted Dawkins, which allowed Omos to knock him down. Ford tagged in, hit a few strikes, but Omos clubbed him out of midair before hitting a big boot. Dawkins broke up the cover before throwing MVP into the Usos. Referee blocked the Usos as they tried to enter the ring. As this was happening, Dawkins and Ford hit Omos with super kicks. Ford hit the frog splash, but Omos kicked out at one. Ford was shocked. The Usos then blatantly attacked Ford for another disqualification. At this point, I'm sure remote controls were being picked up and the home run derby was being turned on. This show sucks. Everything about this show is low budget and low effort. Nobody gives a fuck. But listen, I'd rather see this than another fucking singles match. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. This shit sucks. If you wanted to give me more profits and Usos, you might as well have just have gone the rematch route like you did everything else on this fucking show and give me Montez Ford versus Jay Uso. Because I know you wanted to. We may get that next week. Fucking creativity is at an all-time zero. Sarah Schreiber was about to interview The Miz. Get this, man. Look at this shit. This is their new monster on Monday Night Raw. This is the, the, the creative that they got for Veer Mahan. Sarah Schreiber was about to introduce a guest, which I'm assuming was The Miz. And Veer Mahan walked up to her. And while she held the microphone, he stared at her and said, Boo. Boo. Iggity, 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 boo. I swear to God. I swear to God. And then he left. He left and then walked away. This is what they got for Veer Mahan. India. And the fans of India are crying on this fucking early Tuesday morning, man. Because Veer Mahan is already being treated as a fucking afterthought and a clown who's going around pretending like he's doing the clown. Boo! The fuck are you doing with Veer Mahan? Iggity, 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 boo! You fucking serious? Who books this shit? This is what you're doing with Veer Mahan. One week, the, the transformation of Veer Mahan is fucking absolutely pathetic. This guy goes from talking like, I'm going to savagely beat you, and the lion will feast. And then he talks like a normal human being, all sophisticated. And now he goes from that to boo. God, I fucking hate this show. This show sucks. This is, this, what you guys saw tonight is Bruce and Vince giving up on Vimahan. No doubt about it. There's no explanation. No explanation whatsoever. They're giving up 
on Virmaha. That's all this was. And then the Miz walks in. I'm assuming the Miz was her guest to begin with. He said, I think Veer has a crush on you. Now we're doing Veer Mahan having a crush on Sarah Schreiber? Jesus fucking Christ, man. This show is garbage. It really is. Sarah Schreiber says, all righty then. As he walks away, Miz comes in, says that Veer has a crush on her. He said, a great host never reveals surprises he has. He said, he and Logan Paul will become tag team champions as long as Logan withdraws his challenge. Miz says, if he doesn't like being his partner, he will find out tonight exactly why being his opponent is a lot worse. Austin Theory met his entrance. Money in the bank, briefcase in hand. He was taking selfies at ringside. We got Austin Theory in the middle of the ring to address a couple of things. Money in the bank, Bobby Lashley, and whatever else he wants to talk about. But before we get into our three guys, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I know a lot of you guys uh, know what I'm about to do. Uh, I may have some newbies in the chat, but uh, if you guys don't know, I do commentary. I do commentary for House of Glory, and we got a major show coming up on August 28th. That is a Sunday night at 8 p.m. We'll be streamed on Fight TV. We will be emanating from Terminal 5 in New York City. This show is going to be an absolute banger, man. We're expecting at least 13,000 people at Terminal 5. We already have announced Jacob Fatu and Brody King of the House of Black for the HOG World Championship. And we got this match coming up, man. And I'm going to give you guys a little, little tease about what's going on here at HOG. Right now, you're about to see a vignette with a very, very familiar name. This one's different. Him and I are a lot alike. He needs to feed, although he may call it something else. We take our time with this one, trust me. Patience. I'm gonna make him chase his next meal. Pretty fucking sick right there, man. That's coming. H-O-G. We have Killer Cross and Low Key going one-on-one, man. That is going to be a fucking fight. Let me tell you. Going to our three here, man. We got Austin Theory in the middle of the ring. He says he has a few things to address here with everybody. He says they're on the cusp of the biggest SummerSlam of all time because he's going to take back the United States Championship and then cash in against whatever is left of either Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. 
So we got a clip last week of Brock tossing Otis through the announce desk and beating up Alpha Academy. Theory says he always comes through in the clutch, which is why so many superstars have a problem with him, such as Reigns, Lesnar, Matt Cat Moss, the Usos, Dolph Ziggler, and the idiot fans. He says they're all jealous. He threw to a clip of Ziggler interfering last week. Theory said it's pathetic, but he said he doesn't blame him because nobody is on his level. AJ Styles comes down the aisle and interrupted Austin Theory. And AJ says Theory is making big promises, so he's going to make a bigger promise. He said if Theory wins the United States title, cashes in the contract and wins or does both, he'll be the first in a long line of people who are going to take that all from him. So we got an AJ Styles chant ringing out in Tampa. Styles said the locker room isn't jealous of Theory. They just think he's a big jackass. Theory said Styles is so easy to figure out. Then got flustered over the what chants. They gave him a big what chant in Tampa, Florida. Obviously, he said for everybody to shut up. He told the fans in Tampa to shut up. He asked Styles what he was doing at his age. He asked how many years he had to hit barefoot hillbillies and run down barns in Georgia before becoming a WWE superstar. <laughs> the hillbillies. The Hillbillies down in Savannah, Georgia, says Austin Theory. Theory says he's an overnight sensation, and they should be calling him phenomenal. Styles interrupted and said there's not enough time on Raw to explain why he doesn't like him. He said he'd be proud of his background, and he is who he is because of his journey. Theory asked, what is that? An old, jealous, grizzled veteran? Styles says he's the guy who's going to knock some respect into him. He punched him out, knocked him to the floor. Ziggler's music then played, and Ziggler walked out to the ring. Theory asked, what is going on? What is this? So we got AJ Styles and Austin Theory. Normally, I'd like to see this match happen when it actually matters. Because I do believe Austin Theory is very good. And I think AJ Styles, obviously, we know how great AJ Styles is and can be, should be on Monday night. I don't know what the fuck has happened to AJ Styles. AJ Styles right now doesn't even have a SummerSlam match. Imagine that. This is how fucking terrible the SummerSlam build is. AJ Styles does not have, does not have a SummerSlam match. Now, he could. He could have a SummerSlam match. If WWE wants to have AJ in something, depending if Edge comes back next week or not, we may get Judgment Day at SummerSlam, but I don't even see that happening. AJ might not actually have a SummerSlam match. I was thinking maybe Edge and AJ teaming up against Judgment Day, but it looks like we may get Edge if Edge comes back. This is barring if Edge comes back. If Edge comes back next week at Madison Square Garden, we may get Edge and Rey Mysterio teaming up against Judgment Day. That would be a SummerSlam without AJ Styles. That's pretty fucking crazy, man. That's pretty fucking... That, that's pretty pathetic. That's pretty pathetic. How do you have AJ Styles on your roster and you don't give him a SummerSlam match in front of 40,000 people? The fuck is wrong with you, man? AJ Styles and Austin Theory... AJ wins by countout. We got one DQ with Angelo Dawkins and Omos. We got another DQ between the Street Profits, Omos, and MVP. And then we got a countout. 
WWE is loving their non-finishes as of late. AJ beat Theory by countout. Ziggler was watching from ringside like he was last week, so Theory shoved him to the ground in frustration. Why is he out there? Styles and Theory went back and forth. Theory hit a rolling drop kick and a cross-legged neck breaker for a two-count. Styles applied the calf crusher, but Theory quickly got a rope break and rolled to the outside. Styles tried to punt kick Theory, but Theory caught him. Theory teased that he would drive Styles into Ziggler, but Theory dropped him on the announce table instead. As the referee was checking on Styles in the ring, Ziggler nailed Theory with a super kick. Theory could not beat the 10 count, so Styles won by countout. Styles wins by countout. Theory tried pleading his case that Ziggler fucked him over, but Styles laid him out with a Styles clash. Vince McMahon, I said this last week, I said this the week before that, and I said this when Austin Theory won the Money in the Bank briefcase. WWE doesn't give a shit if you're holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. Normally, normally you would you would think, and the fans usually think, that Austin Theory's holding some sort of, like, title, or he's holding some sort of big thing in the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's not the way WWE sees this. That's not the way WWE sees Austin Theory. They see Austin Theory right now as the number one contender for the Universal WWE Heavyweight Championship. So, just by that alone... The fact that he's holding a contract for a guaranteed title match in Vince McMahon's eyes, Vince McMahon thinks that Austin Theory can lose every match that he's in because he's going to have that briefcase. He's going to have that contract no matter what. And that's what Vince McMahon thinks. And that's what management thinks. Meanwhile, instead of building this guy up to get wins, they're making him lose so that when he cashes in the money in the bank briefcase, everybody who's smart is going to look at him and say, he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't done jack shit. It's too soon. I'm still going with my prediction. I think Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar. I think Roman Reigns walks out of SummerSlam as the champion. We get Drew McIntyre beating Sheamus at SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. We'll get Tyson Fury in his corner, aiding in victory. And then we'll get Theory cashing in on McIntyre, ruining everybody's grand old time in Cardiff, Wales, and Austin Theory will be the new WWE champion. Or Universal Heavyweight Champion, whatever the fuck they want to do. Undisputed champion. I'm going with that prediction. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we get it. Michael, maybe we get a triple threat for the United States title. Maybe. I don't know why. I don't know why we would gets a triple threat. WWE would then just be adding AJ Styles for the sake of adding him. He has nothing to do with Austin Theory or Bobby Lashley. We don't even know why Dolph Ziggler's out there. You would think, this is the other thing that pisses me off, you would think that WWE would fucking explain why Dolph Ziggler is out there. Not a single fucking peep from Dolph Ziggler. Not a goddamn peep from the commentary team. Now, The imbecile on social media will think, well, WWE is trying to tell a story. Why do they got to tell you right away, man? Why are you so impatient? Right? But they don't realize that Dolph Ziggler has been a fucking non-entity on WWE television. I don't even think people realize this guy was still employed. So you would think that somebody in the creative team or on the creative team, in creative 
would think, well, Dolph Ziggler's been off fucking TV. Maybe we should get everybody an explanation as soon as possible because Dolph Ziggler's been factored into nothing. Why is he out there? All of a sudden, just shows up. We see him with Bobby Roode attack Omos and MVP. That got dropped. None of that made sense. And now he's attacking Austin Theory. No explanation whatsoever. You would think that he was off TV that give us some fucking clue or reason why he's attacking Austin Theory. Ridiculous. I just think Vince McMahon is getting very, very desperate on finding new stars, and he's calling upon all of the good hands he has to help get over Austin Theory. AJ Styles, who's being massively disrespected. Dolph Ziggler, right? Let's call upon these these aging veterans to get the young kid over. That's all that's going on here. Austin Theory, if he wins the title, I think Austin Theory is the future of the company. I really do. I think he's great. But I wish WWE would slow the fuck down. Seriously. There's no reason for this kid to be WWE champion at the age of 24. None. The only one you should be building as WWE champion and planning to be WWE champion, you should have done it with Seth Rollins. That should have been fucking number one. Number two, the only man that you should really be planning for that WWE title is Cody Rhodes. But let's be real. Seth Rollins should be the WWE champion. Seth Rollins should have taken the title back to Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins should have won Money in the Bank. Matt Riddle even had a great case to win Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins should have won Money in the Bank, should have cashed in on Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns for the WWE title. A story should have been in place to take that title back to Monday Night Raw because Seth Rollins, of all people, would be furious that our fucking champion hasn't shown up at all on Monday night. I'm taking the fucking title back to Monday Night Raw. Stay on SmackDown, you fucking piece of shit. That's what I would have did. This show sucks, man. There's no creativity in anything that they do. None. And why is Dolph Ziggler on TV? Where's Bobby Roode? Where is Bobby Roode? You don't have any fucking interest in using Bobby Roode? I don't understand why Bobby Roode doesn't going doesn't go back to be glorious. Why aren't you bringing him back to the glorious era and using him as a mid-card act? Seriously, don't you think Bobby Roode challenging for a United States title or an intercontinental title when Ricochet had it? Now Gunther's the intercontinental champion. Not going to do shit with him as intercontinental champion. But he could be somebody that adds value to the show. He may have a career resurgence if you book him right. Why is Ziggler there and Bobby Roode is not? The waste of talent is staggering on this show. Moving on. We got a Bel Air and Becky Lynch video package that went over five minutes long that tried to hype you on this Raw Women's Championship match. Boredom. I don't care. Moving on. We got a women's six-man or six-woman tag team match. Dana Brooke, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Joe Drop, Nikki Ash, and Tamina. So none of the women in this match got an entrance. Asuka was the only one that had her theme song playing. We were in commercial break. They all made their entrance 
during a commercial break. Poor Alexa, right? Poor Alexa. I can't wait to see the Alexa Bliss stands complaining that her creative, the creative that they've given Alexa Bliss is shit. Cry me a fucking river. Alexa's not the only one being booked into oblivion, okay? She sucks anyway. But the whole division sucks. Nikki bashed away at Asuka at ringside. With Asuka trapped behind the ring apron, Tamina and Dodrop then joined in on the attack. Dana Brooke leapt off the top rope onto them. She then tried to lead the crowd in applauding. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Who's applauding with Dana Brooke? The three fucking fans that are actually Dana Brooke fans? Give me a fucking break, man. So Reggie, she saw Reggie at ringside. You ruined everything of mine, she yelled at Reggie. Whoa! What are, you, what are you talking about? What did he ruin? Did he ruin your blueberry crumble and catering? He was excited. Don't fault the guy. It's blueberry season. Everybody loves a nice blueberry. Akira Tozawa came out of nowhere underneath the ring and rolled up Dana Brooke to win the 24-7 title. That's number one. Nikki then gave a neck breaker to Tozawa. She won the 24-7 title. Two, Nikki winning the 24-7 title then gave Bliss the opportunity to DDT Nikki. She won the 24-7 title. That's three. Doe Drop then drove Bliss down to the mat, and she won the 24-7 title. That's four. Doe Drop held up the title, was super kicked by Tamina. Tamina wins the 24-7 title. That's five. And then Dana Brooke Rolled up Tamina to win the title back. Six title changes in 40 seconds. The match, I don't even know at this point if the match was still going. Apparently it was. So after Dana Brooke rolled up uh, Tamina to win the title, she ran to the back and was surprised by Tamina. Asuka then went back and attacked Nikki with an Asuka lock for the tap out. Asuka, Bliss, and Dana Brooke who's still the 24-7 champion after all this circus, wins the match in about three minutes. I read a report on Off the Script Sunday. If you guys heard the podcast, I uploaded it to Blue Wire and Spotify and iTunes and all audio platforms. It was live last night on YouTube. We talked about a report that the women's locker room is frustrated at Vince McMahon creatively because of the way WWE is booking both the Raw and SmackDown women's division. One woman, anonymous, spoke out, and it was reported that she said, everybody's frustrated because Vince McMahon would rather shill himself on TV or get himself on TV than book the women's division properly. Did any of you listen to what I said yesterday? Do any of you listen to what I say on a weekly basis? This company doesn't give a fuck about women's wrestling. They don't. They never will, and they never have. The only thing that they care about is your Beckys and your Charlottes and your Baileys when she comes back and your Biancas. That's it. They don't even give a fuck about Alexa Bliss anymore. They don't. The fact that Alexa Bliss, one of the most popular, and I, I listen, I'm not the biggest Alexa Bliss fan. The fact that Alexa Bliss was in this segment, the fact that Oscar was in this segment, the fact 
that the women were given this circus on Monday night is a fucking embarrassment to everything that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon did with the inception, with the birth of the women's revolution. And I want you guys to sit there and really, really contemplate what the fuck is going on. I swear to God, I don't hear any of you now. I don't hear a fucking single peep from these unintelligent fucking retards out there on social media. You wonder why Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the WWE? This is prime example number one. Why did Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out of WWE? You want Sasha Banks to be a part of this fucking division? You want Naomi to be a part of this circus? I don't ever want to hear a single fucking peep from anybody ever again claiming or saying the word unprofessional when it comes to Sasha Banks ever again. Ever again. She's probably somewhere with a fucking glass of tequila on the rocks in her hand. Casa Dragones on the rocks laughing that she doesn't have to put up with this bullshit anymore. You all fucking this AEW hate brigade on social media. You think that if she leaves WWE, she's going to be worse off? (laughs) I don't know how it could be any worse than what these people went through tonight. This shit is a fucking embarrassment. A fucking embarrassment. This women... This women's division is in complete fucking shambles, man. Seriously. You, you, you Listen, I, I'd put in my resume. I would put in my resume to fucking book this division. Seriously. For all the fucking flack that Sasha Banks and Naomi got, for all the flack that Kenny Omega gets for potentially booking or supposedly booking the women's division, Tony Khan gets for booking the women's division on AEW Dynamite, I don't know how anybody could sit there and justify any of that after what you saw tonight. Absolutely fucking pathetic. Half of these women don't even deserve jobs. But here I am standing up for them. I'm surprised Doe Drop is still there. I'm surprised Nikki Ash is still there. I really am. I thought WWE would have gotten rid of her a long time ago. But what the fuck have we boiled this division down to, man? Seriously. We go from we go from classics, classics in the women's revolution. We got Bailey, Sasha, we got Becky Bianchi. Even this year, WrestleMania was a fantastic fucking wrestling match. We got Candice LeRae and Io Shirai at Takeover. We got Ember Moon and Asuka at fucking Takeover. This is what your women's division is now. Six twenty-four-seven title changes. That's what you call women's wrestling. I'll say it once, I'll say it again, and I'll say it every single fucking time. Bruce Pritchard hates women's wrestling. Vince McMahon hates women's wrestling. This is why I'm sitting here praying that they fucking go. It will never get better. You will continue to see this as long as they are employed. Fucking shit. Mercifully, this fucking show was almost over. Miz introduced Miz TV. He says he's super excited about his guest after 
going back and forth for weeks, doing what celebrities do, stirring up controversy, getting you all to talk, he says. But yeah, WWE's getting me to talk, all right. He introduced Logan Paul. Oh, joy. It sounded like Logan got booed. That's what it sounded like to me. I don't even know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just didn't give a shit. Maybe WWE piped in fucking booze because nobody could bring themselves to fucking care. So Logan threw it to a clip of Miz turning on him at WrestleMania earlier in the year. Miz says he wanted to explain himself. He says he was teaching him. Logan interrupted and said the only thing he taught him is that he had to sign a WWE contract so he could return and beat his ass one-on-one at SummerSlam. Miz was talking up Logan Paul's potential, but he says he has to earn the right to face someone like the Miz at such an event like SummerSlam. So your challenge is denied. Logan asked if he really thinks he's not tough enough and ready. He says he was told he couldn't last eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather, and he put Floyd in his highlight reel. He says he's worked his ass off out of respect for pro wrestling to prove critics wrong at WrestleMania. He also said he started the trend to become a social media icon. I started it all. He called The Miz an old man, and he says he'll do it again at SummerSlam against him. He says he's going to host a talk show next week and prove he's better than hosting a talk show like The Miz. Miz still said the answer is no. Logan says he's not surprised. He keeps saying no to his SummerSlam challenge because this is exactly what everybody would expect to hear from a man with two blueberries in his... I told you it's blueberry season. Two blueberries in his pants. Welcome to WWE, Logan Paul. You go from boxing Floyd Mayweather to talking about the Miz's blueberries on WWE Raw. Two blueberries in his pants. He led a crowd in a chant of tiny balls. Oh, great. Yeah, so much for that TV 14, right? Miz threw a hissy fit here, ripped off his dress shirt, and showed his new shirt declaring that he has giant balls. He then asked the fans if they really want to see the match. He then accepted Logan Paul's challenge at SummerSlam. So he then clotheslined, or Logan ducked a clothesline from The Miz, He tackled The Miz. He then clotheslined The Miz over the top rope. Champa then comes from behind and attacked Logan Paul from behind. And Miz re-entered the ring. But Logan kicked him and then elbowed out of a Champa full Nelson. And then Logan backed up the ramp and smiled as he evaded the two-on-one attack here by Miz and Tommaso Champa. Sarah Schreiber gets into the ring and asked The Miz about Logan hosting a talk show next week. Miz took the microphone and said, this is his house, and no one comes to WWE to embarrass him because he is The Miz, and he is awful. Logan seemed a little bit off in this first real appearance on WWE TV. Uh, Since signing the contract, he stumbled over a couple words in the promo, he handled himself pretty well, uh, all things, you know, all things saying, but he did stumble over some of his words. Um, I don't know what had happened there. Maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was because some of the fans uh, upon him coming out were, were booing him. I don't know. Uh, either way, WWE is uh, 
They're really trying to get Logan Paul over as a babyface here. I don't know if it's going to stay. I don't know. It's really, the one thing I will say about this, man, um, it's really going to put to the test how good The Miz is. If they could turn Logan Paul into a babyface and The Miz could really keep that momentum for Logan Paul as a babyface going, uh, I'll show The Miz a little bit of credit here. But this version of The Miz is fucking terrible, man. And believe me, this is coming from who uh, I was a huge Miz fan. I was a huge Miz fan in 2016, man. The Miz in 2016 did the best work of his fucking life against Dolph Ziggler on that SmackDown. That era of SmackDown was fucking brilliant. This Miz is awful. Everything about this Miz is awful. He's not good in the ring. He is... Everything he's a part of is just fucking terrible. And now we got Logan Paul. And now we got Logan Paul. Miz and Champa in the same sentence by mistake. Uh, no, Jesse, I did not stumble over my words, bro. Champa is unofficially, no, actually, it's not even unofficially. It is official that Champa is the lackey for the Miz. And then the fucked up part is just riding off of what Jesse said. You got the Miz yelling, I'm the Miz and I am awesome. And then Champa is repeating that and he's making motions. He's the Miz and he is awesome. What the fuck is going on? This is the greatest NXT champion of all time and the greatest heel the company has seen in decades. And this guy's playing a lackey to the fucking Miz. Everything about this show was a complete fucking disaster. I don't think there was one redeeming quality about this show. Like I said in the top, like I said in the beginning of the show, this show is normally fucking terrible on a normal week. This was downright horrific tonight. I don't know how anybody found anything redeeming about this show. Poor fucking Champa. Poor fucking Champa, man. And then I got people like Road Dog telling me that, oh, Champa being paired with The Miz is a breakout thing for him. The fuck are you talking about, bro? Coming from a guy that booked the greatest moment in the man's career. This, this is a breakout moment for, for Tommaso Ciampa? Give me a fucking break. Miz may be all that. Miz may be a fucking celebrity. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. I don't think people really are watching this show, man. There's something fucked up going on here. Anything the Miz is a part of, man, it is legit channel changing garbage. And anybody that's paired with The Miz dies a thousand deaths. Poor Tommaso Ciampa. Poor Tommaso Ciampa. He is suffering. Can you imagine being a Tommaso Ciampa fan like we all are? Watching him suffer the way that he's suffering. Having him go through the motions. I don't even think Ciampa believes what he's doing. What a joke. A complete fucking joke, man. I appreciate you guys joining me on this Monday night, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. It's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Everything you need is linked down below in the description below. Guys, there's 2,500 people in the venue. I don't have a thousand likes yet. I got 852 likes. I need 1,000 minimum. So, Jesse says, so The Miz has mentored Brian Danielson and Tommaso Ciampa. I guess if you want to put it that way, bro, yeah. Yeah. 
hit that thumbs up guys if you have not done so it is legitimately the best way for you guys to support what i'm doing here gets the podcast and the youtube channel out to the recommended section a little bit more so make sure you guys hit that thumbs up super chats are open get them on in we're gonna hang out in just a second get those memberships in like i said guys the podcast on sunday is going members only members only on sunday we're live every Sunday, as long as I could do it on Sunday, man, unless I have something coming up, which there, there is uh, things in the works that I won't be uh, here for, but like vacation, I'm going away, planning a trip to Ireland in October. But yeah, as long as the podcast is live on Sunday, man, it will be VIP only. So make sure you guys join, man. I really want to really amp up the memberships. I really want to make it exclusive for you guys. That's the only thing that's going to be... Members only, man. It's the flagship podcast. You guys should really want to join to listen to the flagship podcast. Or at least chat. Yes, Jesse, I know. I can't deal with WWE anymore. Bro, listen, man. You made you made a life-changing decision, bro. Not watching Monday Night Raw. Believe me, bro. I will tell you when it's safe to come back. I will tell you when it's safe. Tonight's show, man, sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. I'm happy to have Blue Chew on board as a great sponsor for the show, guys. It's time to bring that summer heat into the bedroom, gentlemen. The temperatures aren't the only thing getting a rise this summer. Confidence can take you far in life, guys, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Tonight, sponsored by Blue Chew. Confidence can take you far in life, but it also can help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead and be ready whenever that opportunity does arise. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, guys, it's all done online, so no doctor's office visits, no awkward conversations. And once you guys get that down, you'll be good to go, man. Blue Shoes tablets are also made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Guys, I always talk about first impressions. First impressions are very important, but what about... First impressions and lasting impressions. That's just as important. You're not going to have a problem with lasting impressions with Blue Chew, man. So make sure you guys go use that code JD at checkout. All you all you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code JD to receive your first month absolutely free. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Derek Anawaihi with a $1 super chat. Thank you, Oos. I appreciate you very much, man. Harry212 with a $10 super chat. Just when you thought WWE couldn't possibly get any dumber. They try to get people to cheer for Logan Paul. WWE is the drizzling shits. You said it, brother. You said it, man. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Sexy Bliss, Mella, and Bianca. 
There was some booty meat on tonight's show, Tony Brown. I will give you that, brother. JP5150 with a $10 super chat. Even after returning back to New York from my vacation in Miami, Monday night is still an absolute fail. On the plus side, I can make my own old fashions now thanks to great advice from JD. JP, listen. Go on Amazon or actually just go to go Google Proof Old Fashioned Cocktail Syrup, bro. Go to the website and order yourself a sample bottle of the Proof Cocktail Syrup, man. I got the Black Walnut. I'll be I'll be drinking that tomorrow night. I'm telling you, man, it is a game changer for Old Fashions. Absolutely love it. I may actually start carrying around and having the fucking bartender make my drink with my shit. That's how good it is. Thank you, JP. Enjoy that old-fashioned, brother. Captain Solo at Fight All Super Chat. I lost a lot of respect for Jim Cornette calling John Moxley the worst wrestler in the business. Is he out of his mind, man? Fuck Jim Cornette. A complete loser that says what he has to say to... Generate interest in his own show. Rafael De Luna with a $2 super chat. Yo, JD, love the show. Favorite Metallica song, bro. The Four Horsemen. Nick Williams with a three-month membership. Thank you, Nick Williams. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. What are you drinking tonight? Hey, JD, as soon as I saw that Logan Paul was ending the show, I turned off Raw, turned on my PS5, and played some Final Fantasy to chill. It's great, bro. I'm a big Final Fantasy guy, man. Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 9, Final Fantasy 10, and Final Fantasy 12 remain in my heart, bro. I can't wait for the new one. The new one looks epic. All I play now, man, is Destiny. Uh, I just, I play Destiny too, man. That's all I play. I just, I played le- legitimately for almost five hours today to get my, my goddamn Conqueror seal times one. I did the Corrupted Nightfall today, man. Took me five hours to complete. The life of a Destiny 2 grinder, man. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. We got a two-month membership from Diesel3290. Thank you so much for the recommitment, bro. Home from the hospital after having gastric bypass Friday. So good to be with you all again. OTS for life. You know what, chat? Chat, I need you to throw up the the prayer emojis for Diesel3290. Two-month VIP at gastric bypass Friday. He's back in the venue. Throw him up. And yes, I played Final Fantasy XV. I thought it was shit. For the love of wrestling. 18 month VIP. Raw sucks. I don't watch WWE shows anymore. I just watch OTS. That's what I love to hear, wrestling. That's what I love to hear, brother. Thank you so much, man. Nick Williams with a $50 super chat. 
Not only did he re-up for three months, Nick Williams is coming in with a 50 bomb. There's a report that Goldberg is still under contract with WWE. Like, I think WWE is aware of JD and is planning for Lesnar versus Goldberg versus Reigns in a triple threat. Nick, thank you for the fifty dollars, Bob. But please, man, please, man, you're gonna give you're gonna give me a stroke. You're gonna give me a stroke. Hashtag fuck Bill Goldberg. Thank you for the fifty, brother. Nikki Ice with a one ninety nine super chat. How do you not cringe watching this? The E socks. I don't know, man. There are legit people out there that enjoy this fucking shit. Joseph Taylor with a five dollar super chat. If TK had a sex scandal, people would want AEW to go out of business. Believe me, there'd be a petition to get AEW closed down. Jesse says, so WWE could be doing a program with Pete Dunne versus Tommaso Ciampa for the U.S. title on the main roster, but instead Ciampa and Miz are both lackeys? No, bro. Uh, Ciampa is the Miz's lackey. Champa is the Miz's lackey, bro. The Miz is not a lackey to anybody. Just think about that for a second, man. Think about that for a second. Tommaso Champa could be wrestling Pete Dunne for the Intercontinental title on SmackDown. But somehow WWE thinks that what they got going on right now with Pete Dunne as Butch and Tommaso Champa, known as Champa or Champa on Raw. Being Mrs. Lackey is the right thing for him as well. Fuck pro wrestling, I guess, right? Fuck pro wrestling. Jonathan Gastello with a 499 Super Chat. The Beck Express. Cabooses. Good God, this company only proves my stance. That WWE is the circus and AEW is the real wrestling show. Yes, Jesse. Champa and Dunn are both lackeys, bro. Yes. They are both lackeys, bro. I told you, man, you picked the right time to step away. I will tell you when it's safe to come back, which uh, it may be years, bro. My beard may be all gray by that point. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. So basically, Bianca thinks Becky has a ship deck on her. That's what the word caboose means. Jesus Christ. Oh, here I thought it was like some innuendo for the word ass. I don't know, man. Caboose? Who the fuck uses that word? I don't fish. I don't sail. I don't go on the ocean. Unless I'm on a catamaran with a fucking plate of cheese and a glass of wine. I don't go in the ocean. The Undertaker. With a $2 super chat, he says, Pawns and Kings rocks. Hashtag OTS for life. You better believe it, brother. You better believe it, man. I have a feeling this album is going to be their best album since Blackbird. Jesse, she was uh, she was not wearing pants, bro. 
She was not wearing pants tonight. She wore Mandy Rose booty shorts, bro. Just saying. Araceli Bernardo with a $5 super chat. I'm so sick of seeing The Miz. Why every celebrity feud in WWE has to involve The Miz. He's overrated. Imagine if LA Knight got 10% of his opportunities. Bro, LA Knight is now Max Dupree. And we're about to see Maxine Dupree. It's awful. It really is awful, man. Maxine Dupree, by the way, is rumored to be the fiancé of Gunther Ginny from NXT UK. Captain Solo with a five-dollar super chat. I'm wondering if Kevin Owens is regretting re-signing with the E and not TK. KJ in the chat. I see you, brother. Should I, re- should I consider becoming a member? Absolutely. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of this great community, bro. It's out of my hands. The dark. Colby Hampton becomes a new... See, you got to be like Colby Hampton, bro. Colby Hampton with a new membership, bro. What are you drinking? Hologram, where the fuck have you been, bro? I'm debuting new songs, and you're over here sleeping, bro. I know Monday Night Raw was that terrible, man, but Jesus fucking Christ, it's almost 1 a.m. Oh, you're on the the West Coast, bro. It's early for you. Uh, Colby, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight, bro? Uh, Daryl, I don't know who Nina Samuels is, bro. I don't watch NXT UK. I believe you, though. If you say Nina Samuels, I believe you, bro. You should be fucking booking this shit. Hulugrim just bought a motorcycle. Uh-oh. Oh, man, bro. You're going to have to... Listen, man. You, you got a new motorcycle. You need to be... You need to start blasting Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings, bro. Seriously. By the way, that... Uh, that Phil Collins cover in the air tonight by... Uh, I forgot who the fucking band was, man. Uh, that's a no-go. Can't be using that song anymore, man. Not uh, It is not copyright friendly. I will say that right now. Colby, thank you so much, brother. Uh, Brandon James Shea with a $2 Super Chat. Mets can get Juan Soto. I'm not familiar with Juan Soto, but I'm hearing his name a lot tonight. I don't know why. We got 2,000 in the venue. And I still don't have a thousand likes. I need 35 likes, guys. Get them up. Minimum. A thousand. Um, Isaiah Hoffman, how do I become a member? You're watching on YouTube or you got to do it on YouTube. You got to do it on the PC, bro. You're going to go underneath the video player. You're going to hit the join button. And you're going to become a member, man. And you got uh, different tiers of memberships. Kelly with a $4.99 super chat listening to Allison Chain's Rooster because I hope Vince gets fired as CEO and when it happens, I'll party like it's 1999 in the beer garden. OTS, rock on. Thank you, Kelly. 
KJ with a five dollar super chat. I know it's off topic. I understand that you play Destiny too, so I've got to ask, what class you main, Hunter? Hunter only, bro. Bro, if I if I dedicated three characters, man, I'd have no. I'd I'd be a fucking degenerate. The way I grind, bro, on one character, I cannot I cannot see myself doing it on three characters. I can't. Everything I want, God rolls for. I pretty much have God rolls for. High and fly. Fuck your likes, JD. High and fly. Go fuck yourself, bro. Your mother's a whore. Get out of here. Get out of here, bro. Get out of my venue. Highfly says, fuck my likes, guys. Highfly gets no pussy. That's why he's in my chat at 1 o'clock in the morning saying, fuck my likes. Now we could go on some random YouTube fucking channel who covers pro wrestling and be bored out of his fucking mind. He won't step foot in the venue ever again. Benched. Big Wheezy becomes a new member. Thank you, Big Wheezy. What the fuck are you drinking, Big Wheezy? Jericho8131 with a $10 super chat. Let's not forget when Athena spoke out about the treatment of the women's division, she was attacked and called a bitter ex-WWE employee. The WWE leeches are out of excuses defending this cesspool. Man, she's probably living her best life right now, man, away from this fucking toxic garbage. Thank you, Jericho. Zero Kaiba with a four-month membership. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for the recommitment to the VIP club. You would think that WWE would book a better show since people were excited for TV 14 and Madison Square Garden still isn't sold out for next week. Not surprised. Well, I mean, they put on a fucking shit product, bro. You're going to do that in front of a New York City crowd? Of course they're not going to fucking pay money to come see their shit live. Who the fuck would? Fahim Haider with an Australia might. $5 super chat. Omas is highly underrated. Book properly and he is undertaker of this generation. He should end Roman streak. You're blind if you can't see his talent. Fahim. 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 The fuck is wrong with you, bro? How are you going to come into my fucking venue and say what you said there, bro? I think Fahim has the IQ of a potted plant. Welcome to Fahim, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? You smoking the good stuff, bro. Pass it along. I don't even smoke. I'll take a few puffs. Jesus fucking Christ. Get him out of here. I don't even know if he's trolling or not. If you are, man, that's a terrible fucking troll. Maybe you're high or fly. Charles Wright becomes a new member. Thank you, Charles Wright. 
I appreciate you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Oscar with a 499 Super Chat. Raw was decent. Anyway, JD is king. Oscar, you disappoint me, bro. I can't say nothing bad to you, bro, because you said I'm king. Come on, man. You got it. You got to up. You got to up your... Uh, you got you, 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 you gotta have I don't even know man well Raw was decent Come on man Jesse calm down I'm not gonna read your comment on on, on air bro no I'm sorry you, you, Jesse it's time, it's time for bed bro it's time for bed Time you drink your fucking Crown Royale and uh, and and Coke, bro, and go to bed. Okay, let's go to bed. Kalo does everything with a one nine denon super chat. Becky Lynch jinxed the women's division. Becky Lynch is terrible. Hoyt Reynaldo with a four nine denon super chat. Look at him. Hoyt Reynaldo, I'll see you, bro. I see you, man. Delron Utsi with a $2 super chat. JD, what WWE game had the best soundtrack to you? The one that doesn't include Machine Gun Kelly and other terrible artists on it. Which one was that? Isaiah Hoffman, there he is. He becomes a new member. I see you, Isaiah. What are you drinking, brother? Never thought I would do a membership. This is for you, JD. OTS for life. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much, man. You know, we're giving Isaiah Hoffman comment tonight. There you go. Jesse wants me to read his comment like the simp he is. He says, holy shit, Bianca brought all the cake tonight. All the fucking cake tonight, he says. That's what he says. Bro, listen, Bianca may have cake, bro, but it's nothing on Tony Storm. Nothing. Tommy Brannigan with a $5 super chat. Anime Owl, I see you, bro. Love you, JD, for being real and uncensored about wrestling. You and Alex... Are the best in the community, bro. I appreciate you, bro. Alex is good people. I don't I don't know Alex personally, but he's good people. Tommy Brennigan with a five-dollar super general smackdown won't be better until Vince and Bruce are gone. OTS for life. Absolutely. MGM Bowen. Zeke is such a cringe face. Wish he was over as his brother was. LOL. Also, I wish I could get excited for Ziggler, but we know he's putting theory over. Yes. Yes, I know. It sucks. It's quite the sh- it's quite it's quite the shame for Ziggler, you know. And KJ becomes a new member. KJ, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for becoming a VIP right here on OTS. Appreciate you, man. Daryl, I love you, buddy. JD is the measuring stick of success of the entire professional wrestling community. Hashtag facts. Hashtag truth. You name. You know it, man. Daryl said it best. 
Guys, I am about to get out of here, man. Waterstream, thank you so very much for all of your supports. I appreciate y'all. Jesse was uh, given the night off from bartending. I can't have him causing a ruckus in the beer garden because he doesn't have a fucking taco truck. Man, that Mustang looks fucking beautiful, man. Seriously. Oh, but JD, you don't drive the Mustang, you fake car. Now, this is actually a fucking 4D image of my fucking car. And whenever I get a new car, I'm going to have them redo it in the new car. We hit 1K. Thank you, guys. We hit 1K tonight. I appreciate you. Thank you for the five new members. Remember, guys, continue to hit that join button. OTS on Sunday nights only will be going... Well, unless I get invited out to the, the scrums. Members only. Sunday night OTS is going to be members only. So make sure you guys get on in, man. You're going to want to be sitting by those fire pits. Believe me. So welcome to all the new members, man. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Go check out Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Free sample. All you guys got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, including Sunday night's episode 436. And again... Continue to hit that thumbs up, man. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for all notifications. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I will not be live with OTS tomorrow night for NXT. I may give you an extra, though. I'll be driving out to Atlantic City in the Mustang. I'll get to Atlantic City, do an extra, and then I'm out for the night. And then I'll see you guys back live on Wednesday with Jesse. Barbed wire deathmatch, Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Should be awesome. Until then, guys, thank you for a great stream. And I'll see you live on Wednesday with Jesse for AEW Dynamite. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 